0: Save your seat now at com. That's growandemaiallist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass.
1: People think that they're going to step into an imposter syndrome when they get successful. Like I'm not going to feel like I fit. What you're going to feel like when you tap into that success is I always belonged here. This is where I was always meant to
0: be. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I want to read you a part of a post by Allison Bird, today's guest. Are you ready for this? She says, you are a money mover. You want to experience breakthroughs in your thinking. You want to discover what truly drives you. You want to dream bigger than you've ever dreamed. You want to make a far bigger impact. You want to stop dreaming about the six-figure income and start achieving it. You have to be ready though. This kind of breakthrough will feel both epic and uncomfortable. Your willingness to embrace both is what will drive you to the new reality that you crave. Does this quote have you fired up? Because I am so fired up for this conversation. Allison Bird was a money mindset coach and a business consultant, and she's been leading entrepreneurs to scale their profits to levels they've only ever dreamed of. It starts with an identity shift a breakthrough, as she wrote in that post that I read to you. Alison Bird herself has walked through a massive identity shift to become known as the profit accelerator. And after selling her company, that identity shifted again. I am so ready to dig into it all with her money mindset, identity shifts, time is currency, and so much more. Are you ready to get started with Alison Bird? Let's go. This is so exciting. My friend Amy Porterfield and her podcast online marketing made easy are officially on the HubSpot podcast network. If you've been around the Gold Digger podcast for a while, you know that Amy is one of the reasons why I launched my own show. Well, now we're BFFs and the rest is podcasting history. With a focus on online business, including digital courses, list building, social media, and webinars, online marketing made easy breaks down big ideas and strategies into actionable step by step processes. And the show's designed to get you more results with a whole lot less stress. If you like Gold Digger, I can pretty much guarantee that you're going to love Amy's show too. She digs into topics like seven email copywriting tips to convert subscribers and what happens when a launch doesn't go as planned and so much more. Listen to online marketing made easy wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Allison, I am so excited to connect with you today and have this conversation. So, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's rock this out. Oh, yes. Okay. So I know about you because we met on Clubhouse, which was so much fun, but I never got like the full background story. And so before we dive on into all the juicy questions and tools and ways that we can transform, tell me about who you are. Like who is Allison and how did you get to where you are today? Oh, my god. okay. that's a that's a chunky
1: question for us to. <laughs> <laughs> We're diving in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? I feel like, Jenna, that people always start their stories with the gutter of what they've lived. You know, they always start with a rags into riches story, and I feel that the reason that people do that is because they want to feel relatable, and I want to come out of the gate feeling very unrelatable. The life that I live today, I am so excited and proud to live. As a woman that is in the top 1% of earners in North America, I really never thought this reality could be my existence I really didn't believe that. I believed that one day I would escape poverty. I believed that one day I would finally have confidence in myself. I believed that one day I would be courageous. I believed that one day I would use my voice for good. But I grew up in circumstances that constantly pushed on that being and becoming a reality. And While there are circumstances that a lot of people can identify with, there are circumstances that a lot of people cannot. You know, my Mm -hmm. dad was in prison. My mom worked three jobs to raise my sister and I. And there was so much resilience that I learned seeing my mother. There was so much tenacity, fortitude, push And I learned that as my chemical makeup, but I also learned from her to suffer. And I also learned from her to struggle as an identity. And so even as life began working for me, I felt like a fish out of water when I wasn't struggling. Because I'm like, isn't Mm -hmm. this what we do? This is what I saw all my life. This is what I saw my mothers do. My mother, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my grandparents. This is what I saw. So how I got to where I am today is I had to break my identity with suffering. I had to break my identity that came from my community of black people that said we were marginalized. I had to re-identify and say, nothing about me is marginalized. Nothing about me is in the margin. I had to re-identify that as a woman presenting in business that I would never make the million dollar mark. And when I did, I did it in 72 hours where most people take a year. I said, what if I could do it in three days and I produced it in a live event? And when I did that, I knew that I put a marker in my destiny to say what others tell me is not going to be my reality. So how I got to where I am today is being authentically myself and mastering what that means for me, mastering how good that feels for me and never letting anyone's opinion, perception, paradigm, philosophy, people pleasing, or even pacifying others to stop me from living as the highest authority for my own life. And it feels really good to be where I am. And so now I start with that so that people can go, wait a minute, that's a different conversation. And I want to hear more.
0: Wow. That is so powerful. Like what a way to kick off an episode first off, but what is so powerful about your story that I really resonate with and that I just want to know more about how did you do this is how did you change those beliefs, that limiting mindset of things were supposed to be this way, but I want something different. Because I think for women, it's really hard to escape the own confines of how we define where we're going or what life will look like or how we're going to either struggle or succeed.
1: Mm. One of the things that I like to define is what it means to suffer. And whenever I work with people, Jenna, I'll say to them, let's talk about where you're suffering. And because they're making high level six figures in their business, seven figures, eight figures, I have clients that are eight and nine and 10 figure earners, and that's earning. That's not what their business is creating. That's what they are earning, which is a distinction. And so when I ask them, where are you suffering? They're shocked. Because they're like, wait a minute, do you not see how much money I make? And I'm like, that's not the same. The money that you're making and the existence that you're living are not the same. And so they're like, well, I don't feel like I'm suffering. And I ask them, where in life are you allowing what other people think to govern what you choose to do? Where in life are you allowing what other people think to govern how you post, what you post, how you speak, what you speak, how you share, what you share? Are you still living under the paradigm of success that your parents painted for you or did you find a way to break out and discover what do I really want what is my Mm. human design what is unique to me what brings aliveness to me you know are you still stuck in education when what you really wanted to be was in the art room you know are you a doctor when what you really wanted to be was a guitar player in a band but you didn't think it was possible and the reason that I like to go there is not so we can beat up on parents or beat up on childhood. That doesn't hold any value. And I'm not going there so that we can hunt for trauma. I'm going there so we can hunt for the identity that you didn't feel permission to be, do, and have. Mm -hmm. And if we can go back and we can find where you left parts of yourself, then we can find why your current existence doesn't feel as good as you think it should. Because while you're striving for that million dollar mark or striving for that first $10,000 a month or striving for that first high ticket, you know, sale while you're doing that you're learning philosophies from others, but you're also picking up who they are. Dr. Joe Dispenza says we start to borrow our identity. And by the time we're (laughs) in our 30s, 95% of us is borrowed. It's not really us. And that to me is a definition of suffering. If you can identify that, whether you have money to hire a life coach and work with them every day a week, or you don't and you go to, I don't know, lifecoaching.com. I don't even know if that's a site, but you find (laughs) a free resource on Pinterest and coach yourself through it. If you can get through that awareness, you can have anything you desire in life, including your own personal fulfillment, life provision that really works for you and feels aligned for you, and personal achievements that give you a sense of satisfaction deep in your soul.
0: Wow. I want to know, Allison. so how would you describe like what your gifts are? We've kind of hinted at what you have built for yourself and the ways that you support other people on their journeys. What do you do and where are you headed? Because I know you're kind of in a season of transition.
1: I am in a season of transition. You know, I sold my tech company in January, Jenna, and that was brutal for me hmm. Let's talk about it. It was very uncomfortable. And it was uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. But I'll tell you the two main ones. The first reason that it was uncomfortable was because I left a lot of money on the table. And I was mad, girl, I was mad. And I was telling my attorney, this doesn't make any sense. We need to do this. We need to do this. And as I was saying it, Jenna, I knew In myself, I had a deep knowing, Allison, you're saying something that doesn't matter. And I'm going to introduce something that's going to be really uncomfortable for a lot of people to hear. But I learned the distinction of importance versus important. And what I knew was that it was important to sell my company, but the importance was on the piece of who I was. Would I be at Mm. peace? I knew it was important to get money for the ideas, the innovation, everything that I had done to help develop and create it. But I could not have importance on, I'm gonna kill this in court and I'm gonna stay in court as long as it takes to get everything from this one deal because I freaking Mm. deserve it. That's what I was on. And I had to let that go. And I had to say, you know, for me, what feels like success is my peace. And what feels yeah. like success is as Shakespeare wrote to my own self being true. So I gave myself permission to leave and to say the money is not everything. The money will come. I will never be absent of money. I will never be absent of provision because fear calibrated really high. Well, well, what if this happens after I sell it and then it makes this many XXXXX million and, and then I don't have that? Like I was calibrating so high that what I had today was all that I would ever be able to create. And Mm. that's what fear is. It's a thought process that what you're in today is all that will ever be, and that's not real. But it hurt, and it was uncomfortable. And the second thing that was uncomfortable was I felt like I'd failed because I'd been in the coaching industry and space, and quite honestly, I was leaving it Because I felt like I wasn't doing a good job in the role. And I felt like I wasn't doing a good job in the role because before I built the tech company, I was speaking to people about sales and money and mindset. And Jenna, they weren't transforming. Hmm. Mm -hmm. 10,000 students, $330 million in revenue created over the last 13 years. And in this particular pocket of decision, people weren't changing. And I was racking my brain like, why aren't they transforming? And I thought it was me, my methodologies. And so I decided to leave the coaching space and leave my gift behind. And I went to
0: build something for money walk me through that like keep going this is like incredible and insane all at the same time I went to build something because I was
1: afraid I wasn't provided for Hmm. Mm -hmm. I grew up where this is not true for all black brown indigenous people of color but this was true for me I grew up in the South. We didn't always have food. We didn't always have electricity. We didn't always have water to take a bath. We didn't. And as I started to create success, my biggest fear was that I couldn't sustain it. My Mm -hmm. biggest fear was that one day the ball is going to drop. One day the shoe is just going to hit me upside the head and I'm going to be broke and I'm going to be on food stamps. And I'm going to be sad and I'm going to be depressed and I'm going to be alone. And people are going to look at me and say, didn't you used to teach people
0: we could be free? (laughs) How did you overcome that? Because I feel like a theme that I feel for a lot of women is that when we do find success, when we acknowledge the blessing that comes with it or what success could look like for us. On the other side of that lives the fear that it could all be taken away. Like the moment that we accept that success is for us and can be meant for us, we're crippled with the fear that we'll wake up tomorrow and it's gone. I know I've battled that. I know a lot of women battle that. I know a lot of that is ingrained in us through money mindset, and it can look very different for us based on our upbringing or our privilege. But how did you overcome the fear that you would lose it all or that you were a one hit wonder or that you gained momentum because of a lucky big break and that you couldn't recreate it?
1: All, I thought all of those things. Mm-hmm. I thought all <laughs> of those things. I had worked and traveled and been mentored by some of the greatest leaders across the planet, including Lisa Nichols, who is the second woman. So Isn't she amazing? Oh,
0: she's amazing. I mean, she's amazing.
1: <laughs> and she's the second woman in history, in history. Hillary Clinton was the first She's the second woman in history to garner a seven-figure book deal for a nonfiction work. She's Hmm. the only woman, only woman of color, to be featured in the book, The Secret, and then to be in the movie, and then to travel on that circuit, and then all of the things that she accomplished. And I was her mentee. And not only her mentee, the most esteemed mentee. I grew her business by 810%. And was with her for seven years. Wow. And so when I made that decision to walk away, I felt like the world was like, well, now what the f*** are you going to do? I felt like everyone was looking at me. And there's a quote that says, you cannot be transformational and universally liked at the same time. Mm -hmm. That true change Mm -hmm. always leaves something or someone behind. And what I recognized was that most people think they're going to maybe have to leave behind a lover or a partner. They're going to have to leave behind a family member or someone that's meaningful for them because they're going to outgrow that person in success, that relationship. They're scared. They're single and thinking, will I ever get married or get that person? What, what about children? Uh, what about things that make me happy outside of success? But I really, 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 really want the success really bad. And so they yeah. get concerned about prioritization and all of those things. And I was thinking all those things. And mm-hmm. what I recognize is that in this quote, it says, you leave something or someone behind, and we think it's going to be external of us, but it's actually inside. And the something Mm. that we leave behind is the stinking thinking that we cannot be, do and have it all. The something that we leave behind is that we are not enough. The something that we leave behind is that one day a program, a price, a a business sell is going to define our worth. But the truth of the matter is we are of worth. We are never in the absence of our worthiness. The someone that we leave behind is the old identity of who we've been, the small self, the less than self, the people-pleasing self, the compromising self, the complicit self, the complacent self, the overwhelmed self, that's really what we leave behind. People think that they're going to step into an imposter syndrome when they get successful. Like, I'm not going to feel like I fit. What you're going to feel like when you tap into that success is I always belonged here. This is where I was always meant to be. And the imposter was who I was pretending I was. That's really Mm -hmm. the truth. And so going through that journey is messy. It is uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it brings a mirror in front of you that asks you, who are you really going to be? Who are you really going to say yes to? What dreams are you really going to activate and are they yours? That's what selling my company brought forward for me. It brought forward every decision I made pretending I was happy, pretending <laughs> I was satisfied, pretending I was pleased and I wasn't. It brought it full circle. It made me confront it and it made me answer the question, Allison, who will you be for yourself? before you beat it for the world. And that was terrifying.
0: A brand new year. I'm not even sure how we got here so fast, but I am wildly grateful for another year with this podcast and of course with you. In this season of new beginnings, making a lasting impact on our businesses and customers is more important than ever. If you haven't already implemented a CRM platform into your business, well, now is the time. CRM or customer relationship management is at the heart of turning your side hustle into your success story and your customers into your fans. Reach your customers wherever, whenever, with ease, thanks to HubSpot's intuitive visual workflows and bot builders. You'll create scalable, automated marketing campaigns across email, social media, web, and customer chat so that your customers hear your messages loud and clear. A HubSpot CRM platform adapts your content for multiple device types so your customers have a great experience no matter where they're viewing it. Learn more about how you can transform your customer experience with a HubSpot CRM platform at HubSpot.com. One, you are so poetic when you speak, Allison, which is such a gift. I'm like, I want to take that sound clip of what you just said and listen to it every morning because i think that so many of us struggle in those ways we have those mindset blocks we grew up in this culture of like fake it till you make it but like you can make it and still feel like you're faking it and still be faking it and one thing i'm very curious about with your journey especially in selling the business is your journey in identity you just touched on imposter syndrome but I can only imagine that a lot of your identity was wrapped up in the success and in the title and in the notoriety. Walk me through what that identity shift might have looked like for you, because I think a lot of women are in this like metamorphosis time of really claiming what their identity is and where it's found.
1: Mm, That's a really good question, Jenna. The challenge with identity that I believe is that we borrow identity. And let me let me break that down because I believe that this will make a difference for a lot of people to say, holy smokes, <laughs> are you <laughs> really telling me this? And it's going to give so much freedom. When I was three years old, I used to have this obsession with a collective called the people. And my mother would call them my imaginary friends, Jenna. And I would get so angry with her. And I would say, mom, don't call them imaginary. They're real. Mm. And I would get Mm. viscerally upset. And I would say, because you can't see them, and I would say this at three, mom, because you can't see them doesn't mean they're not real. They're real to me.
0: Mm.
1: By the time I was five years old, I was walking up to people in restaurants And I was giving them clairvoyant messages from their missing children. I had no idea. I would just say, your little girl said this to me. And the woman would begin weeping. And my mother would say, what did you say to her? And she would say, she's telling me what my daughter said. And my mom would say, Oh, do they go to school together? I haven't met you. My name is Linda. And she's like, no, my daughter has been missing or my, my son died or this happened. And my mother would look at me like, where are you getting this from? And so I knew my gift, Jenna, at three years old, I knew it. But then I went to kindergarten and kindergarten put importance on knowing your letters. Kindergarten put importance on standing in line Kindergarten put importance on being quiet when it was time for everyone to be quiet, but I wanted to talk because I could hear the people and I wanted to tell the world what the
0: people were saying. Wow. And so I Yeah, how did you keep that gift going? Like how do you not hide that gift? I'm like, my heart is breaking for this child. And that's the truth of all of us, that we knew yeah.
1: who we were, but then we got into environments that were meant to produce safety and were meant to produce a, a healthy conformity, if you will. <laughs> like, this is just collective society But the truth of the matter is it taught us universal lessons that if we live in today, in our present, restrict us. We borrow our identity from our culture. See, I heard growing up that Black people were poor. I heard growing up that Black people had to struggle to get their foot in the door. So then I produced struggle. I didn't think I could walk into a corporation and get a job with ease, but yet one day I thought, I think it could be different. And then I was able to work for Hoover Vacuums and be a successful marketing executive, Blackberry, and be a successful trainer that traveled all over North America and had the spotlight on me. But still, I would always present myself as the number one Black person in the in the company because I felt mm-hmm. beholding to that. So I borrowed my identity. I want everyone to think, where did you borrow how you show up from personal inhibition you saw your mother have. Did she fuss about her body? Did she fuss about her intellect? Did you hear your dad fuss about sports or money or, or things at the office? Did you borrow your identity from generation and age? Are you 40 and now you think your life is falling apart? Or you know, are you 30 and thinking you're behind? Are you 20 and thinking you've got to pay your dues? That's not true unless you agree with it. So your identity Identity, Jenna, will guide what you think and what you think will guide what you believe is possible and what you believe is possible then becomes the existence in which you live. And what you just explained in the way you position the question is people are exhausted with living a life that doesn't feel good. Well, then I say, stop living an identity that pleases others, live an identity that's true to you.
0: Hmm. Oh my goodness. Yes. Amen. Do you have any tools or strategies for someone who's listening to this, who's sitting here thinking, you know, I have a limiting mindset or I have this narrative that I've believed is just true for me in my life. How do I paint or cast a different vision for my future? How do you do that? I'm going to give a really
1: simple example a really simple example, but I'm going to tell you thousands of people are going to write you and I and go, holy smokes, that liberated me in ways I never would have imagined possible. I call this a reality audit and it's so fun, but it will also piss you off. So Jenna, be careful. If you do this, you'll you'll be texting me like I had fun, but I'm a little mad. I'm a little mad. I like this. And here's why. People believe they need to change, and I'm gonna challenge that. I don't believe anyone needs to change. I believe you are perfectly you. I'm perfectly me. I'm black, I'm a woman. Today I am 209 pounds, and I say that so proudly because I was 345 pounds, and I'm nine pounds away from a significant goal of getting to 199, which feels really good for me. And I love my body. I love my existence. I love my relationship. I love my spirit. I love the business I'm in today. I love my life. And I say that with true purity. And I feel like if you're listening, you can feel the vibration of that truth. And so I say that so that you trust this exercise because I built this exercise when I didn't love my life and it got me to loving it. So the reality audit is to pay attention to your day. And as you pay attention to your day, pay attention to joking, laughing, jesting that you do to please others. Meaning somebody Mm. goes, oh, you know, it's raining today. You know, the don't you just hate it when it rains? And you go, yeah, man, I hate it when it rains. And you do it because you feel like it's a faster conversation. It's an easier conversation. But the truth is you love when it rains. You love to make a pot of chili. You love to have great sex when it rains. You love to read a good book, but you don't feel comfortable saying, ah, I have a different opinion. I have a different thought. Pay attention to times in your day when you try to fit in, when you're uncomfortable standing out, because the truth of the matter is you were not born to fit. You were born to add. Pay attention to how you are persuaded by social media if the world is telling you to think one way, but you think another, I'll give you an example that's really uncomfortable. We all think we're supposed to be sad on 9-11. When what if we are honoring on 9-11 and what if we are posting and saying for every person that ascended on that day, I live for you today and my life feels Mm -hmm. really good and you you died for our country. And it wasn't fair, but I am so grateful for your existence. What if you pulled up a list of their names and you spoke their names that day in a two minute meditation, and that was your honor, but not a day to suffering and sadness. Pay attention to your relationship with those that are significant in your life. And where do you love them through the lens of sacrifice? Sacrifice is not a part of love rewrite your definition of love where are you giving more of yourself and calibrating so high and sacrifice that at the end of the day you lay in the bed and you feel like not enough was given to you where are you giving the world the best of you and then leaving the rest of you for your life and you don't like it And finally, in the reality audit, look at your family, your friends, your partners, your team, your staff, and where are you not telling them what's really on your mind, what you really believe is available for the business, what you really believe is available for the union, what would really excite you maybe about vacation. Maybe you don't want to go to Disney. Maybe you actually want to go to a country in Africa and you want to have that experience and you just feel like people are going to say you're too much you're doing too much, you're thinking too big, who do you think you are? If you can pay attention to that day by day and moment by moment, you can pay attention to where you've given your identity over to the hands of people that weren't on the call for your destiny. It was not a conference call. It was a one-on-one conversation. And when Source, Universe, God, however you acknowledge that, had that conversation, it was only with you. You are the only person that can be the highest authority for your own life. And if you can see that moment by moment, you can then identify where your work is and you can give yourself free. You can give yourself into a liberated identity and life will feel better than you could have ever imagined.
0: You, you're just amazing. I like just need a minute. (laughs) That's so good. I want to know, Allison, at this stage of your life, and I'm going to make an assumption and correct me if I'm wrong. This answer might be different than one you would have given in the past, but at this stage of your life, which one do you consider your currency time or money and why? Oh,
1: that's a yummy question. That is a, oh, that's a yummy question. I just got goosebumps. (laughs) (sighs) 1,000% unapologetically, I will never change this answer. And it is time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It is time. It is time. It is time. Because how I use my time now versus how I used my time five years ago Five years ago, my calendar was stacked every single moment because I had taken a course that said, if it doesn't go on the calendar, it's not real. But I took that course when I didn't know my human design, that I'm a manifesting generator and that while I love structure and while I truly believe that structure gives freedom, I need others to hold the structure, not me. So five years Mm -hmm. ago, I wasn't living the existence of having a COO that managed that structure where I wasn't in overwhelm. So five years ago, I lived, again, borrowed it. I took a course, but the course just wasn't for me. Does that make sense, Jenna? Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I had everything in my calendar. Every moment was planned and stacked. I was going to my nephew's games, his basketball games with my laptop on my lap. And when people stood up and cheered, I stood up and cheered. And when we sat down, I went back to working. I was obsessed with success. Today, the distinction is that my time is spent meditating, reading, writing, and stepping into what feels really good and pure and true for me. And the way that I got there, you're going to laugh at this, Jenna, I read a statistic. I was doing something. I was trying to figure out something new for intimacy with my partner at the time. And I read a statistic about sex. And the statistic said that 67% of women in heterosexual relationships fake their orgasms. 67%. And what I identified was, holy smokes, That means 67% of women in heterosexual relationships, so this is not all women, but let's just take this analogy because it's easy to understand, are faking their feelings. They're faking when it feels good. They're faking that they're happy. They're faking that the spot was hit and I had an awareness when I read that statistic. Now, I was online to figure out something to make my own sex life spicy. But I stumbled on the something, Jenna, and I was like, wait a minute. If they're faking it in the bedroom, they're faking it with their business numbers. They're faking it with their marketing. They're faking it with their sales strategy. They're acting like they like it and they don't. And they mm-hmm. need somebody to say, you're faking it and I'll call you out on it. And I went, oh my God. And then I went, wait a minute, you don't read something that's not for you, Allison. Where are you faking it? And I recognized mm-hmm. I was faking it, that I liked my life. I was faking it, that I was happy, always striving for a body that never came to fruition, What if I just decided today, I like my body? What if I decided on an international podcast, I would tell the world I was 209 pounds? What if I did that? And what if I really, really loved it? What if I had acne all over my face and I didn't let it stop me from going live? What if I didn't go, hey, everybody's wondering about my acne cream so that I could deflect away from the fact I have acne? What if I just got on and just was myself? And I recognize, Allison, you're faking it. And while I love money and believe in money and believe money works for me, and I live in the permanence of abundance, and that is my reality today, and I am grateful it will be my reality forever. What I know is that the way that I spend my time is no longer gripped with worry, is no longer suffocated by fear, and is no longer restricted by philosophies that are expired and paradigms and thinking that don't serve this woman. I got to think thoughts, tell stories, believe ideals, and live feelings that fortify who I desire to be, not who I think the world wants me to be. And I spend my time calibrating and tuning and embodying embodying those truths for me. And from that overflow, I book my calendar, I book my interviews, I book my press, I book my business conversations, I book my clients. I now live the overflow of my happiness. And that is the core of how I spend my time. That is the currency that is greater than anything I could have in a bank account, an investment account, any of that. And so that is where I put importance and that is what is important for me. And I believe I will say that for the rest of my days in this
0: existence. Mm. So powerful and so transformative. I feel like everyone who's listening can take something from that and really ask themselves, where am I at with this question? I want to know in closing, what is firing you up? You've had such a transformative year. You've gone through these identity shifts. You've really had to define success and what your values look like for you. What are you excited about? What's in the future? Thank you for asking me that because
1: it's meaningful for me. I believe that I will complete this identity of business, continuing to work with leaders who say, "Allison, I want more. I want more, and I don't want to feel guilty for more. I want to be richest. I and I want to be unapologetic about it, and I want to live the luxury of less. I want to do less and live bigger. I want to believe bigger. I want to trust myself bigger. I want to. I want to. You know, I. I want to work with people, Jenna, where where living as their authentic self feels like they're in a beautiful hot spring in the middle of nowhere with a breeze going across their shoulder. And they just feel the wind at their back. And I believe that is how I will complete this identity. And then I believe I will go into even more humanitarian work. And I will touch, move, inspire, and impact the world in ways that bring unity and that calibrate high on love. Because I believe we can eradicate racism, ageism, sexism, every ism that's out there, every marginalization by owning our identity. Are you identifying as marginalized? Are you identifying as unworthy? Are you identifying as not enough? Are you identifying as broken, broken? Are you identifying as sad and lonely? Are you identifying as hated and betrayed? And are you identifying in that way? And then are you magnifying and magnetizing those circumstances to yourself because those before you lived those traumas, because you can identify by instead standing on their shoulders and honoring them and saying, thank you for the sacrifice you did for me. And today I will live this way because you lived that way. That's my good work, Jenna, and that's my God work. And I don't have a title for it, but I know the title will come. I know it will unfold because I know I have meaning. I know that like everyone listening to this I am an unrepeatable miracle, and I was born to exist for my own happiness, and when I live that truth, the world can't help but be blessed by it. The world can't help but be changed, and the world can't help but be made better, and that's what lights me up and sets my soul on fire.
0: Allison, where can everybody find you and connect with you? I feel like people are diving into any space that they can get more of you and hear more from you.
1: Well, you know, we love the gram. I love Instagram. (laughs) I love it so much. And i think on instagram you can find me if you know how to spell my name so you got to put the two l's the y my dad did that so you can thank him for that (laughs) but if you know how to find me we keep all of our links active in my bio and i think it's a good way because i'm personally there and i answer my dms and i chat and i talk and i connect and there's no automated experience and so if you love this experience then join me in my virtual family on Instagram. And that would feel really good for me. And I think
0: for you. I'm so grateful for this conversation. I'm so grateful that we connected and just thank you for your honesty, your integrity, your authenticity. I think that This is a conversation that people need to save and come back to time and time again when you feel like you are this untethered soul. And I'm just so grateful for it.
1: Mm. Thank you for this experience, Jenna. If I may say one last thing, I would say to anyone listening never be a prisoner of your past, even if your past was five minutes ago. If something frustrated you five minutes ago, clean it up, don't let it steal your hour. Don't let it steal your afternoon. Don't let it steal your day. Never be a prisoner of your past. It was just a lesson. It wasn't a life sentence. Free yourself and live your truth and know that you
0: are loved and you are never alone. And that is what we call a mic drop moment. I don't know about you, but there were so many places in that conversation where I found myself wanting to rewind and re-listen to Allison's powerful words. There is so much to unpack in that episode from identity to mindset, to the narratives and the stories we tell ourselves, to the lies we believe, to the ways that we're faking it in our lives. I hope that today provided you the inspiration and the direction to start moving forward as the truest version of who you are. This episode absolutely inspires me. And I am so, so grateful that this podcast gives me the platform to host conversations like this one with Allison. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals.